Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the first series of Help, I'm in my 20s, a career development podcast where we hear stories of young professionals in many different careers. I'm Georgie, your host and creator of this podcast. My aim is that you will hear insights into various career paths that people are taking, hear the detail of how they got to where they are now and listen to key learnings from their experiences. Okay, I'm so excited and happy for this next guest to be part of this series. Today, I'm speaking to Emma Sheehy, who is an artist and so much more. We have been friends since we were 11 years old, and it's been amazing to watch her try out new things and embrace her passion for creativity. As you'll be able to tell in this episode, I'm a total novice when it comes to art, so I'll ask some quite basic questions, and I hope I'm not the only one who needs some more explanation. We also talk about mental health and some physical health issues, and by talking about them, we hope it will help others too. I think you'll love this episode, especially Emma's incredible laugh and her absolute love for what she does. So, let's get started. Welcome to Help Over My Twenties. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. We are currently sitting in my sitting room and I feel absolutely terrible because this is actually the second time that we're recording this <laughs> because I was far too noisy on the last one <laughs> and you can only hear me. So uh, we're going to re-record. So hopefully it's not too bad for you and thank you so much for being up for recording it again. I know, it's really nice to come out of London. Yeah, it's lovely for you to be here and meeting our gorgeous little puppy. Yeah. Who has taken it absolutely shining to you. I love her. I love her so much. <laughs> she is very cute um, and definitely likes lots of cuddles. Yeah. Which as I think you I. like as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. No, well, thank you so much for being up for recording it again. My pleasure. Um, so we're going to today talk about your life journey in terms of careers and where you are now how you've got to here and what you might think will happen next if mm. you know so i just give a quick uh introduction into what you do so i probably should have said emma is an artist but many many things and so it would be great if you could give an outline of how you've got to where you are and what you do okay great uh yes i'm an artist but that's, it's very difficult, well, it, 
it's possible, but it's difficult to support yourself fully with just art sales. Mm -hmm. So I, on and off for about five years now, I've been working in a foundry doing patina with an amazing guy called Derek Bailey. And I'm studio manager, but only there are only like three of us there. That's so great. Use the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of just a empty title, but it's, no. it's um, I mean, I think most titles kind of uh, you never really know what they mean, but yeah, <laughs> studio manager it sounds pretty good. It sounds very yeah. <laughs> From yeah, any manager in the title, yeah, yeah you feel important somehow. <laughs> um, yeah, but I've been very lucky because I get on really well with him and his wife. It's mm. fantastic. She sometimes works there as well. Oh, great! Um, and it's it's basically painting metal, but with fire okay. and chemicals. <laughs> Just your average job, there. <laughs> Casual, you know. In fact, yeah. didn't you sort of I maybe set, cat fire? Yeah, fire? yeah. <laughs> I set myself on fire not too long ago. Um, there was a gas leak oh, in my blowtorch. Um, uh, so I lost a bit of hair. Okay, you know, nothing, nothing life changing. Nothing no. permanent, thankfully. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, I was wearing I was wearing some good PPE, so that was that's yeah. Very good, yeah. Just not yeah, not covering my hair. Oh no. <laughs> oh, your poor fringe. That's fine. It's fine, just some more, more fringe. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. gosh. And then so what did you do sort of I mean we went to school together, so yeah. how did you get from school to where you are now? I spent a lot of time in the art department at school. Mm-hmm. Um but I think we were encouraged to kind of go for degrees that were kind of more, mm-hmm. I don't know, English, history, that more sort of like stuff. core almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I applied for history of art because mm-hmm. I, I think I'd always wanted to do art, but then I thought, oh, maybe I'll go for something that's a little bit more academic and yeah. or in my head was yeah. a little bit more academic. So I applied for history of art and then... I did a foundation course because they were free. I'm not sure if they're still free, but they were free yeah. at the time. Oh, I didn't know that either. That's yeah, great. uh Camberwell. And I could live at home because home's in southeast London. And then it was just this whole other world. And I was terrible. I don't think I did much work there, but I just loved it. <laughs> and then that made me apply for art. I, like, scrapped my place at York and then... Mm-hmm. Um, applied for fine arts and went to Leeds instead. Two great unis. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah, it was a great decision. So that was art and fine arts, that was the course. Yeah. Yeah. So what how was that for you? And I know you took a year out as part of it, which sounds great as well. Yeah, I went to Germany for a year. Yeah, I loved it. I I um I yeah, I think I was I was really unwell for basically all of it. Oh. So I I, I um don't think I got as much out of it as I could have, but um yeah. I think without the art I don't think I would have I don't know, the art was really useful. It was just like a really nice thing to outlet to have whilst being really unwell. So Yeah, something yeah. to pull yourself into. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice it like it's always been a really lovely escape for me. Mm. Well it's great, I think, but you're still doing it and it makes you happy. Yeah, I love it. I yeah, I, I don't know what I'd do without it. I go a bit crazy when I haven't done something painterly in yeah. a week. I have to do something with my hands in a week. Like, oh, yeah, that's great. And then, so as part of the, after university, what did you what did you do? I so I just went for it. I think because I'd lost a lot of time, not really like mm. engaging with education while at university. So 
I um I suppose myself by getting a job in a cheese shop. Cheese shop? Part-time. I mean, you do have a love of cheese. I would love cheese. <laughs> that was great. Fantastic. Loads of free cheese and bread <laughs> and everything. So that, that was like my money. That was my income. Mm-hmm. And then every other day, even the weekends, I was doing anything I could get my hands on art-wise. So mm-hmm. sets, prop making. Um, I helped out Potter for a bit, which I mm-hmm. loved. Um, especially doing the stuff with the kiln, sewed mm. firing, pottery. And then I got commissioned to make a bronze sculpture, met this foundry, mm. got on really well with them. And then that's how I kind of wheezed my way into there. <laughs> and then, yeah, so that's been my, my main income, which has been really, really yeah. good. That's great. And then what kind of props were you making when set designs? Lots of puppets. Oh, okay. <laughs> like on strings? Uh, <laughs> some of them. Some of them were like, I don't know, even just um, litter pickers. Okay. Yeah, for the hands. Or like, just oh, yeah. like being quite inventive with what you use for it. Yeah. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, plastic bowls. Sort of, yeah. Lots of felt. Yeah, that's great. really cool. What were they? Oh, and I was a jewelry maker for a bit. And a jewelry maker? A couple of years. <laughs> I, think, I think you're really good at making jewelry. I love it when you kind of wear your own yeah you know, products and then yeah you see them. yeah all right yeah that was fun I, I, really nice people mm. along the way like i, I think makers are really great because they get all of their issues out in mm. the making <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's very therapeutic so you get everything out you do, you've done your making in the day and then oh maybe that's why you're a super happy person because you <laughs> might put any other thing to into your art yeah you just yeah, get that yeah have your have your therapy for eight hours on there <laughs> I know, it's a very, I wonder if, I mean, I'm sure everyone should probably have some sort of outlet which is similar, maybe not in the same way, but I guess, you know, for some people that could be walking, it could be, oh, I don't know, lots of other things, but I think that's so important that also you found it at such a young age. Yeah, but you did painting in lockdown. Well, I did paint by numbers. I need to have the outline already there and I need to tell no, me exactly what to put in because <laughs> I, I can't do it myself. <laughs> that, I, honestly, I'd say it's the same because you're, you're, you know, you're, you're like, it's just a, you're engaging yeah. with your. I did really like it. I would listen to music or podcasts and do it outside when it was sunny. Yeah. I mean, all of last year was, you know, lockdown, but it was really sunny, wasn't mm. it, in that first lockdown? So I was just outside painting and mm. just being out in nature as much as possible, which was really not a good yeah. good thing to be able to do and very lucky to be able to do. But, yeah. Um definitely helped, I think. Yeah. Definitely. But I mean, it's been quite a year, hasn't it, with COVID and everything. So did the foundry have to close at all? Um yeah, for a little bit. I I actually had got a job with um another company for a year just before that mm. and then lost that job and I'm so lucky to have such a nice relationship with my boss mm. that he said I could just come back that's really um, nice so I was only out of a job for, for a very short period of time what was the one before I was working for D&AD okay. in their foundation team for young people wanting to get into design oh cool um yeah it was nice lots of skills um, I'm a, I think I'm not suited to an office environment mm. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I find it so, yeah, surprising yeah. that you can really <laughs> I really wasn't very suited to it. I think, like, I just 
did that yeah it just wasn't for me I actually do you know what again I met really lovely people mm. that's the best thing about working is you meet really great people yeah um and whereas like in your in the studio by yourself you're just you're just by yourself yeah. so um, not meeting other people yeah but I guess you're really lucky to have space that is your studio as yeah. well to be able to do that I think that's really cool yeah and then so outside of your paid roles, you also have your own art. So M Sheehy yeah. Art, if you'd like yeah. to follow on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you do lots of different things. So how would you describe your art and how would you give an overview of the different types of things that you do? So I'm a painter, mm-hmm. but I'm also a sculptor, really, because mm-hmm. I work with sculpture a day at work. So... I'll often work on flat surfaces mm. and all of the imagery is kind of stolen from medieval um, yes. manuscripts and illuminations because that's my that's my absolute passion. Is like... What do you mean by illuminations? Um, just yeah they're just the paintings that you, you can call them illuminations they're just the paintings and the in the uh, margins of manuscripts. Oh yeah okay. Um, right. Yeah so that's what I love like in an evening mm. I'll just be like yeah, rifling through a, a book on medieval manuscripts or tapestries and maybe like photographing little parts of it that I think are really, really interesting. And then somehow they'll weasel their way into mm-hmm. my art and kind of tell a new story. That's great. So taking inspiration. And I mean, you you love medieval history, don't you? Yeah, I don't know why I've got such an attachment to it. And I really don't know where it came from. <laughs> Like it just, I it just came out of nowhere. Like years mm. ago, maybe early twenties or something. But yeah, or maybe even before that. But yeah, yeah, I just, I just got really obsessed with it, and I, I, I think obsessions are great. So, mm. um, well, I think if you enjoy it as well, and you know, if you're spending your evenings going through old manuscripts, and yeah, I bet it's so nice to be able to just notice the small details. Yeah, I mean they're so funny. Edges. They're ridiculous. Funny? How are they funny? Oh, they're just, uh, um, <laughs> I'll be like a, like a knight fighting a snail or, um, just really bizarre, quite <laughs> sexual imagery that just kind of looks really strange and, um, <laughs> like, yeah, badly drawn animals and yeah. badly in both comments. Yeah. I just think they're amazing. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and also I guess they're the first cartoons. So, mm, that's true yeah so snails come up a lot don't they it's yeah so random <laughs> yeah yeah wonder if you have some of symbolism mm. yeah i wonder what i don't know maybe it's to show the night being super impressive yeah or being scared of something so small i don't know maybe either don't know every reading's right i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do they correspond to the text as well Generally, no they're just random no sometimes they're just completely random <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no correspondence whatsoever. Just, yeah. I'm sure it's really boring writing stuff out, so it could have been a, just a nice, like, imaginative release or just like a doodle or yeah, something. Yeah, decorative or. That's really good. Mm. And then, so I've been to a couple of your exhibitions, yeah. and one that really stands out to me was when you were living at the rectory with yeah. a few other artists and yeah. you had the space outside yeah um and you made a really well it felt very interactive um exhibition where there were like weapons <laughs> like sculptured weapons you could pick up yeah. there was 
a horse you could sit on. Yeah. <laughs> it was brilliant. Yeah. And I assume that was you oh, know, inspired by medieval and darts as yeah, well. Dart yeah, dart <laughs> was a cat, but yeah, yeah the cat yeah. Was, was it pink? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was so fun, it was really good, and mm. I think it's so nice when you can really be sort of part of it. Yeah, I well. yeah, I think it's really good. I think it makes it quite like, deeply accessible because mm. you know you're able to touch the artwork and yeah, kind of bring it to life. And it was, it only came to life when people were in the gallery space. Yeah, I yeah. love the pictures of people just like on the horse as well. Yeah, <laughs> the shoes. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah, I love living there. That was really nice because um, we have, we so we lived in. I lived in this large rectory, big Georgian house, mm. and we had a huge garden, and the the garden was basically a, a huge vegetable patch, and then we yeah. made the garages into gallery spaces, mm. and the top floor was all studios Gosh. and it would there'd be people on the sofas and we'd have people staying all the time yeah it's quite magical it was hard I, I don't think I'd do that again I think you can only do that at a certain age yeah or with a certain amount of energy and certain people probably yeah as well but it was um it was really magical yeah I remember actually because I was you know in my flat shares um and then I'd come around to yours and you're living in like this huge rectory in <laughs> East London with like 10 other people yeah. <laughs> like massive gardens and I was like this is so removed from yeah, my just, uh, it, was, it was just completely removed from reality I mean it was yeah. just a strange oasis and you could have huge we'd have huge parties there mm. was, I mean it was the space that wanted that it needed to be shared you couldn't keep it to yourself yeah. so we'd have parties and everything and and because there were no neighbours really so you yeah. wouldn't you could go on to whatever and yeah but it was it, yeah it definitely the kind of lifestyle that required a lot of energy mm, yeah I'm sure <laughs> yeah and you used to host um other artists there didn't you to, yeah. to show their artwork as yeah well. we'd have basically like residencies so we'd have artists that we liked mm. we'd reach out to them and they'd come and stay with us or just be with us for a month use the galleries of studio space for a month mm. which is incredible like I got to meet some really special people through that um, and it was a really nice form of education I think mm. because you can kind of understand how other artists make their work and you know how they are as people and yeah. um, how they make that most people make their living in other ways yeah as well as as through art so well, I think it's really important for people to hear about and see other careers that aren't just you work in an office and then you're done. Or, <laughs> I mean, I guess the main, the most where we see other people not working in offices is probably acting, just because obviously then we see it on the screen or yeah. in the theatre. But with yeah. artists, often you see the work, you don't see them actually doing it. As yeah, well. yeah. I think it's a really nice insight to be able to get if they're staying with you as well. Yeah. Yeah, I guess acting is the same because I know like, a few actors and they have to make their money mm. in between shoots and stuff in different ways. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. isn't it? It's really yeah. hard to leave behind the part-time job, I think. Mm. It's, um, yeah. yeah, it's a necessity. Well, I mean, it's a good necessity as well because being, yeah, especially as an artist, if you're by yourself all the time, I'm sure that, I mean, that's my goal, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. not easy. You've got to have the goal and then... yeah. But I think, yeah, not an easy road for many mm. people. But I, again, I think it's so good that we 
hear different careers and we know what opportunities there might be out there for people and that actually not everyone wants to be in an office yeah not everyone wants you know nine to five and people shouldn't always want that as well even though sometimes like at school we were taught that yeah it might not suit you yeah exactly everyone's different yeah I think that's really good and I'm glad that you're actually pursuing it because (laughs) I know that you really enjoy it so yeah if it would make me slightly sad if you were like, I, I can't do it anymore. I need to go and do something where maybe you're, I don't know, 70% yeah. of the way there, like happiness instead I, of 100. Oh, I definitely have moments. I have like yeah. really big moments where I'm wondering if this was the right thing to do. Mm. But at the end of the day, if, if you, if, the, if, you know, I'm in a position to, to do it because I've got the job and, I've got really nice support from my family and yeah. from my boss. So, yeah, I feel, yeah, it's what makes me happy. So, yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's so great <laughs> you're actually doing it as well. So, with all of your work in different places and your own, or maybe let's separate out your own art to the jobs that you've had over the years, yeah. what has been your favourite project? There's a particular artist whose work I work on basically most of the time at the studio with Derek mm. and I have loved doing that I don't I don't think I can say the name mm. but so sculptures yeah yeah like developing the colors for the sculptures and like working out what kind of heat and what kind of chemicals work for mm. for their work it's been really nice it's kind of his his studio is a bit like being in an alchemy studio I don't know why like it's very medieval but <laughs> it's an archway it's a tunnel it's very mm. like um lots of like old tools and mm. things full of pigments and stuff um and yeah I really like working out or I, he does he does the the main thing and then I'll set, like help him with developing the colors and so how do you do that how do you develop a color so he doesn't like to mix them mm. so we'll just do lots of layers of various different colors oh, okay. like different greens yeah and um then you'll end up with this like particular green which is like sometimes it looks like an emerald or wow. like a particular purple and sometimes they can end up looking like gemstones Wow. Yeah, it's just really, all really the different cool. layers of shades. Yeah, all of the different layers of colour and then the wax on the top. Mm. And yeah, all, yeah, just for some reason they can end up looking like little gems, but they're actually wow. bronze. Yeah, it's really cool. That's really cool. So why why do you think he doesn't like mixing them? Um, you just it just ends up being harder to get the right colour if you've oh, got really? like a very good step by step thing. Yeah. I mean, if I'm making my own work then I'll mix the colours all the time. Mm. Yeah. That's so interesting. And then how does it how do you get the paint onto the bronze there's a lot of heat it sounds like yeah so it, i'm sure you can do it by temperature but i just do it visually so i'll just heat the bronze up and then i'll see the water kind of evaporate from it and then Ooh. it becomes you can see this sort of like it just turns a certain shade and then you know that you can put the the, the pigment on it or the chemical because it's too it's hot enough yeah, yeah. So it's sort of expanding and contracting and you want to hit it at exactly the right moment for it to kind of like grab on. So That's then so interesting. Yeah, and we'll often use a hog hair brush. Okay. Because it won't melt, it won't be heat. Oh, really? Yeah, because oh. lots of other fibres are sort of plastic. Mm. 
yeah and then you'll sort of like yeah you'll be you'll just layer it up by doing that you, know, you, just, you have a little turntable so turning the sculpture around because you don't want to kind of move around it too much mm. I like moving around it but then you get all the wires crossed you know? <laughs> right, that's, how you, yeah. that's how you set fire to yourself <laughs> tip for you yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm the same place. <laughs> um yeah yeah so yeah it's kind of it's yeah it's just completely different I would never have thought that that's the kind of thing I'd be doing yeah it's so different never in a million years maybe yeah. you should have done chemistry <laughs> it's very it's very chemistry related yeah yeah I don't really like using the chemicals that much but mm. when you do use them you're measuring it out and you're yeah yeah well I guess being able to know when the bronze is contracting or moving in the right way so you know when to stick the paint on mm. that's pretty technical I think it is I mean when you break it down it's very technical but mm. I'm just doing it in an intuitive way oh, I'm not beautiful. really being <laughs> not really being <laughs> technical about it it's just like yeah oh okay this is that's that's the color that it looks that that's the color that it should look like for me to for that's it to be cool. ready yeah that's good. And then would you, you would you ever use bronze in your own artwork or do you prefer using like clay and wood and other things? I I'd definitely be open to it. It's very expensive. Mm, yeah. Um Yeah, no, I think maybe somewhere down the line. But mm. yeah, never say never. But I've just been more drawn to using wood mm. and painting on wood and canvas. Yeah. Um partly because it's inexpensive. And partly because it's quite open-ended, you can do whatever you want. And it's mm. a nice skill to have, kind of, you know, uh, yeah. sanding and carving and, yeah. That's great. And then, so I'm very lucky to own a piece of your artwork called Edith, which I yeah. love. Um, but that's using a completely different method as well. Oh, that's it? etching. Etching. So how do, you, uh, how do you describe that? Actually, funnily enough, it's quite similar to... Uh, bronze patina mm -hmm. so you I, I I was going out with someone who was a printmaker at the time okay. so I had a lot of help so this would be if, <laughs> if anyone is listening to this as a printmaker I'm so sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah it's, it's quite a similar sometimes you use, use a chemical to um you're like the, the plate the metal plate will be covered in something mm. then you'll draw into it and then you've like taken away something. So it's there. like reversing it almost. Yeah. Taking so it, away rather than adding on. Yeah. 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 So you're drawing into it um, with kind of like a, a pointy tool mm. that kind of takes away this top layer of chemical. Don't even know what it is. And then you'll put it into another <laughs> chemical and then that will eat into the, the bit that you've taken away. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. <laughs> and then, it, then it's sort of like a reset. And then you can put the ink into the recess okay, the and then color. take away anything that's on the top layer and then you print. So yeah. lots of steps to add lots, lots of, of colours. Again, yeah. chemistry pretty much. You would never have thought that there was like a lot, that, well there just is a lot of science in art actually. Yeah, yeah even mixing paints um, when you're making an oil painting and working out mm. what kind of medium to use with that. I think that's yeah. so interesting and it's just never a space I really considered at all for my future in terms of careers or anything and I mean I think it's possibly worked out for the best because I don't think I'd be very good um but I think it's really good that we are hearing stories of you know people who 
don't want to work in an office or have maybe tried it and didn't particularly like it and yeah. it's not for everyone and you know being in a studio is not for everyone as well and no. um but I think it's really good that you're doing something that makes you happy and I think it's actually quite brave to to do that <laughs> or just stubborn I mean I do think <laughs> I do think I do think it's just a lot of a lot of it's just being really stubborn yeah. I'm sure actually I know lots of people have said don't do it lots of artists said really? that along the way I said don't do it yeah other artists are saying don't do it yeah I think it's yeah it's not I think it's just such a strange convoluted path mm. um but for some reason I decided that I was different I, I'm not <laughs> I think you are no I'm not no, don't do it to anyone else but um yeah I think it's just being stubborn mm. um yeah, which is a good point, so it's a bad point. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's really good. And, yeah. you know, in terms of progression, we were talking earlier about um, how your, maybe your next step might be to do a master's in fine art. Yeah, I think I've always wanted to do one, but I, I just, I, I think I thought that getting, getting a job and having an, an income that was my own was more important mm. but I do think it is quite important to have I think, yeah, I think, I think it is more important <laughs> <laughs> well it depends I um, mean I guess it, at, at yeah. the time you have the savings maybe it's slightly different but yeah. I don't know but um, yeah. I think it is more important you also got so many experiences from doing lots of different things you can then yeah. decide and maybe narrow down exactly what you want to do mm. and so doing fine art in this process which hopefully you'll be at the place where you did your foundation course yeah. which is I think really nice both poetic that <laughs> um, you kind of go back and it's full circle yeah um so what will the masters involve um it will involve access to workshops like printmaking workshops or wood workshops or having tutors mm. and I think hopefully it's a, like it's a way to develop your practice have some time to be academic you know mm. write a dissertation did yeah. you have to write a dissertation in your bachelor's yeah oh god it was yeah. terrible but yeah I did. yeah i didn't enjoy the did dissertation my, writing did process, my little feminist sci-fi or something feminist sci-fi <laughs> yeah i don't how's that fine art <laughs> i think you could honestly do whatever you wanted so i was just like oh yeah well, do i like sci-fi um <laughs> I think I'm just really interested in, I still am, like, other worlds, like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that's what I decided to do my dissertation on. It's quite interesting topic, I'm sure. <laughs> no, it was terrible, oh. absolutely terrible. I'm mortified by it now, I actually need to find it and burn it. <laughs> I'm sure it's great. Yeah. A good read, I'm sure. You should, like, keep no. it for posterity. Oh, no, 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 and there's some stuff in there which I just really don't agree with now really? I think you I think you have certain ideas that mm. feel really true and they're just not I mean like, yeah just yeah yeah feel crap oh no no it's I, fine I think like with I think that's so true though like opinions can change so obviously. much thank god as well yeah, thank yeah. goodness yeah exactly <laughs> and then what you write you read stuff that you've written this is I used to keep when I was really young like not very 
Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, consistently, but I used to keep a diary. And yeah. if I ever went back and read it, I was like, oh my God, I'm so awful. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm so yeah. cringy. <laughs> yeah. I've got, I've got some really good snippets from my diaries, actually. It's <laughs> <laughs> very funny. I think, yeah, they can definitely be entertaining. Really, like, how did I ever think that? so entertaining. <laughs> Often it's like me being very critical of boys I've been on dates with. Oh, like, really? <laughs> he wasn't wearing very good trainers. I'm not going to see him again. <laughs> oh, was that last week? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's like um, I have Bebo now. Thank God I've got, not got detention this week. <laughs> diary it seems to feature in my diary I think or maybe um, you just have one the week before yeah I I think that I got caught drawing me and some people got caught drawing some willies on the floor with with a water bottle <laughs> <laughs> in the it's carpet oh I see it, it was like it was so minor I was just water <laughs> yeah it was just water in the shape like I think we were about 11 or something oh, <laughs> when you look back now you're like oh 11 so small <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny yeah I mean it'll be different at university so we're in our late 20s mm. compared to when you're 18 19 years old um and as you mentioned earlier you were quite unwell in your kind of bachelor's degree and I know you're a lot better now which is mm. very good and very happy but do you think it will affect how you approach the masters or 
do you think actually that's just come with age and experience that oh, you yeah, approach think, it differently age and experience for sure yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think yeah I feel like we do VA way too young because mm. you don't well and so you are but you often don't take enough um take it seriously at a young age do you no I definitely much more interested in sport and yeah. <laughs> going out than my degree which to be honest I didn't really enjoy and I knew from quite early on it wasn't really for me what, what like, was it again um biology. biology yeah I think I should have changed in the first term I knew and I should have changed but I didn't want to redo a year and now I think back and I'm like oh maybe I should have done that one year in the grand scheme of things it's not very much yeah but I mean who knows I might not be doing what I'm doing now which I do enjoy you yeah. know I might be some, doing something completely different which I might not enjoy so I think you never really know it's yeah. the path that I've taken so and where I am now is a good place so yeah it's hard to know it's, it's interesting because what if I had done it and then I ended up in the same place I think that's unlikely but mm. possible I suppose but it's definitely strange how like tiny choice well maybe a degree isn't a tiny choice yeah. but how choices along the way can really impact where you are now yeah so an example would be my second job my career second career job I did not enjoy mm. very much at all but actually I wouldn't be at my current role without it so maybe it was a good stepping stone yeah who knows well yeah. pro- probably <laughs> <laughs> mm. but I think how are you okay to talk about yeah, you know, that first uni experience. Yeah, probably, yeah. And so you're able to explain a little bit how you were unwell and yeah. what happened. I um I was like I was blacking out a lot. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I love, casual. I casual. But I think I just thought, oh I'm just a bit dizzy. I think I okay. just thought, oh I, I have fainting spells, that's just normal. Mm. I lost a lot of weight, so I was mm. very, very slim. Yeah. Just not interested in eating. Um I found it really hard to read. I'd get sort of like foggy and it's okay. just like really hard to read and just very, very tired all the time. So all of these symptoms kept racking up. Mm. And I think it was just really hard to pinpoint what it was. And it took about maybe four or five years to work mm-hmm. out what was going on, maybe even longer. It's a long time of fainting and. Yeah. And then um, I think it was my second year that I was really, really unwell. Mm. Um, and I had to get taken home for a bit and go to hospital. Mm. Uh, and then I was kind of in and out of hospital. And then I was really lucky. I had a doctor that took me really seriously Great. and sent me to a specialist mm. when no one had really. Oh. And... Um, this specialist took one look at me because I was really brown, okay, really brown, and it, it hadn't been sunny for ages. Mm. And it's a huge symptom of Addison's is to be very brown, okay. Um, and like he was like looking at my gums, he was like sort of, like <laughs> staring all these different parts of me, and they were all sort of like much darker than they they should be. Mm. And he just knew straight away. Gosh, he had had the experience of that illness before. Yeah, I think it's really unusual, but that's such a big part of it is this mm. to be very very brown okay so how do you describe Addison's so what is it um it's to do with your adrenal glands so just above your kidneys you have two Mm. adrenal glands and they kind of keep your body going Mm. so they 
create the steroid that basically gets you cortisol that kind mm. of gets you going in the day and yeah kind of like sustains you and and various other hormones testosterone and every, everything mm. and for some reason it could have been a virus it could have just been like hereditary but for some reason mine just kind of um weaseled away they're not i haven't got them anymore oh really yeah they're kind of they're there but they're just they just don't work. Okay. They're nothing. They all shriveled up pretty much. Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, so, yeah. And then I got put on medication very quickly. Mm. And that was really, really great. But then I re- found it really hard to take it. I think I was just being really young. And yeah. Remembering to take medication every day, two or three times a day. It's quite a lot, isn't it? I think it was three times a day. Yeah. And um, I think I was really embarrassed. I didn't want mm. to take it in front of anyone. Yeah, and I sort of didn't really want to acknowledge that anything was actually wrong with me. Mm. I think it was really nice to have to know that I wasn't going mad. Yeah, and to 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 get a diagnosis, especially after a few years. Yeah, yeah, but then actually taking it on board took a really long time. I think yeah. maybe even until now. Mm. I think it's only now that I really take care of myself and like take it regularly and everything. Mm. But yeah, so yeah, it took a really long time to get used to it. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that you're in a much better place than, <laughs> than that time. Um, I think it's really hard, especially, I can't imagine like doing university where you're almost expected just to be lively and ready for absolutely anything. Yeah. You can go out at night and you can do lectures and work all day and then you yeah. go out again and yeah. You're almost expected, well, I mean, maybe this is just my experience. <laughs> um, you're always expected to just go at things 110 million percent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, health for a normal person, like, oh, sorry, normal person is the wrong word. You know, for it's, it's a healthy fine. person, yeah. it's hard, mm-hmm. let alone if you then have something else, which is make it even harder, especially something that will not give you the right of all those to give you energy. I think, and then you don't want to eat as well, which then doesn't yeah. help. And I think that's really hard. It must have had a huge mental impact. But you had the, I mean, maybe out of no choice, but you had the perseverance to keep going to the doctor and saying something's not right, something's not right, I need some help. Mm. Um, I think that's really tough yeah. to do. How did you cope with all of that? I don't know. I think the doctor thought I had an eating disorder for ages. Right. So I was misdiagnosed with that. Mm. Um, and then I was misdiagnosed with something else as well. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so just I think, and I think I just I think you kind of take it on board because you just mm. have this like, oh, doctors know everything. Yeah. So like obviously I just have a problem with food. <laughs> <laughs> when yeah. I, I don't, I've no. it, but um, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I I was really lucky that I had a parent because my mum was very adamant about looking like trying to work out what was going on and oh, I had yeah. a her uncle's doctor mm. who kind of worked out really quickly okay. but then yeah so I think it had it been up to me I think I just wouldn't have really pushed push for a diagnosis I think well, you really... have the energy to do it yeah yeah I, I think you I think I think it can be really when you're when you're really unwell sometimes you can think it's just normal mm. and that's what it's like to be a person mm. and then when I got put on the steroids and everything I was like oh my god I feel like a superhero like oh. actually having that energy just felt like I can't even I just felt like I was flying it was oh. really really crazy that's amazing yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah, it was really, really crazy experience. And I think I had a party. The first day I took steroids, I had a party. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, <laughs> I felt high. Like, I yeah. just felt, I felt incredible. Well, I was like, that was a bit different. <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that's really great. I think, I mean, from personal experience, I know that, so I also have, like, um, nothing is severe, but I have, like, a skin condition, which... I was told by the doctor, oh, yeah, other people have this. You'll be fine. And it took me going to, a, to I think, maybe five years as well yeah. of going to different doctors, different hospitals, until I finally went to one who said, oh, actually, this is one of the worst I've seen. Mm-hmm. Let's get you some proper treatment. Um, but it was – and I, like, cried because <laughs> I was so yeah. relieved because, I mean, it looked like I had measles all over my body. Mm-hmm. And then other doctors were like, oh, it's not as bad as some other people, you're fine. Yeah. Whereas actually, well, that's great that other, well, not great, sorry. It's bad <laughs> that other people have have it worse, but that doesn't mean that mine's good, I think. Um, and it took, it was really great. It was uh, this lovely doctor who then um, sent me on a proper course of treatment to mm-hmm. get it fixed. And I was really lucky at work. My manager was really understanding. Yeah. Would let me come in at 11 twice a week um because I had to go in the morning for the treatment so I'd come in later um and that was over like three months it was quite a long period of time but he said as long as you do your work that's fine just come in you don't have to stay late if you've done your work just you know and it worked really well and I checked in with him making sure that my work wasn't suffering at all he didn't think that was an impact so that if there was I could try and fix it but it was probably one of the most open dialogues I've ever had with a manager in terms of like something personal and he was brilliant he was so understanding and you know he's he's actually retired now but he will always be one of my best managers I think always and I was really grateful for how understanding he was about it it made such a difference I can't imagine having to choose between work and a treatment that will help yeah which I know some people have and I think that's yeah pretty valuable it takes a lot to learn to be really open with your managers I think but I think it's really really good I, I think mm. if you can be an open line of communication for anything yeah uh, you know is just everything mm. yeah. I think so as well I think it it also makes you stay well at least in my yeah. case it's made me stay at their job yeah. For a lot longer than I had, when I first joined, a lot longer than I thought I would stay there. Yeah. And it meant that I could have a life outside of work as well. Yeah. Like it wasn't just work yeah. and there were no other priorities. I think that was one of, and actually that's the whole team that I'm in. That they're really brilliant at understanding yeah. that you have a life outside of work. Yeah. And they, you know, if you need to go to the doctor, if you need to go to the dentist, if you need to, if you've got kids, you need to leave a bit early, they're, they're fine. As long as you get your work done, you can be more flexible. And that's even before the pandemic, you know, where maybe mm. some companies have had to wake up to that mm. um, a little bit. But I think I'm just really lucky in my team. I mean, even in the company, I know that there have been other teams where they weren't able to do that. Yeah. But I think we're yeah, very fortunate to have my team and very fortunate how understanding they are. 
It can make you want to do a better job as well. Definitely, it increases you really the value. Like, yeah, it really does. When you really, when you really respect the person you're working for, mm. and they have a lot of respect for you, it really changes how you how you perform as well. Yeah, hugely. Yeah, I think so, and it makes you go kind of above and beyond what you're maybe expected to do or yeah. what, this, what the spec is. I guess at your yeah. job. And did you ever get to know their families and stuff? Or? Um, I've met a couple of the Unhasa, like one of my, one of my old colleagues, Edith. Yeah, <laughs> so I like the painting. It's great. Um, she, um, you know, I've met her husband a few times. I've met her kids. Mm. I've met a couple of their kids. I've met, um, yeah, some of their partners. So it's it's just really nice to kind of know who they are a bit more outside of work. I think, and you really understand people. And yeah. I think it's. I think it just makes you want to come into work a bit more. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah, understanding that they've got, they've got more to them than, than yeah. just the office and, or the studio or wherever you work. Yeah, mm. I, I, yeah, I find it really helpful meeting the family yeah. of, of the person I'm working with or for, because mm. um, then they become a whole person and they yeah. become sensitive and kind and, mm. you know, when you meet their kids and stuff. Exactly, I think it just makes it so much more personable, and you, as you say, you see them fully. Mm. Whereas sometimes, if it's just totally corporate, you're like, well, maybe. I mean, at work, I think people are slightly different as well to how they are at home. Oh, hugely. So you can see that balance. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone will be. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm well. I can be quite direct in work, but <laughs> outside good. of work, I'm much more direct as well. <laughs> <laughs> like sometimes my parents are like, "You wouldn't say that at work, would you?" And I'm like, "Oh no, definitely." <laughs> Just because I'm a bit too blunt, but um, I think bluntness is really good. Sometimes it's helpful, but it depends on the other person. I find like if they're quite blunt, they like it. If they're really not blunt, they can find it quite abrasive. Um, I think sometimes in work, I'm I'm thinking of a couple of colleagues in my head now <laughs> who I know that I have to be um, a bit more descriptive, yeah. for example, which is absolutely you know it's absolutely fine. And sometimes. I need people to be more descriptive of me, sometimes not. So yeah, of course. That's all those different styles. Yeah. But I think... We're all different. <laughs> everyone is different, and having that fuller understanding is so mm. lovely as well. Yeah, if, if it's possible, it's very useful. Mm. So thinking about your career, and obviously you have a great relationship with, is it Derek? Yeah. Derek. Uh, yeah, again, and I love his family. So I love yeah. his wife and his kid. His oh. wife's amazing. She's a hairdresser. She always does my hair. Really? Yeah. Great. Does she do your fringe? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah, she did it. Yeah, she's great. She's she's an amazing hairdresser. Mm. LB. Mm. <laughs> I think it's like, I can't remember what her Instagram is. It's like LB Moi Hair or something. Oh. <laughs> M-U-A Hair. She's incredible. Um, but yeah, so yeah, yeah, he's great. And his family's great. Oh, um, that's lovely. <laughs> Do you think that's one of the, the best things from your career or do you think I, you have other, what are your other highlights? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, lots of highlights. I think I, I'm a person that likes to work in a really kind environment mm-hmm. and I, that's what I respond, I, I worked out that I respond best to that. Well, you're a very kind person, so, <laughs> so that makes sense to me. Yeah, I just, I quite like supportive people and like mm. being supportive that's so I've just worked out that, that that's where I perform that's how I perform best and mm. so that's and I've been very lucky I found that for myself yeah so I guess my heart my career highlights are meeting really wonderful people through mm. the different workplaces I've been um 
I've made some really nice friends along the way, I think. Learning, I love a high, like a, high, a steep learning curve. Mm -hmm. I find that really exciting and like it's like a really good carrot on a stick tool because mm -hmm. then you want to come in to work and learn more. So I found like learning all the processes that I've had to learn in different workplaces really, really fun. That's great. I love that. And then art-wise, fine art-wise, always exhibitions. I think I just... There's something about working towards an exhibition and being at an exhibition that is just a real buzz. Mm. It really, like, I don't know, it just feels really right, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, so any exhibition that I've been in over the past 10 years, it's just been great. I've loved it. I love coming to them. Yeah, it's yeah really no, thank lovely. you for being so supportive. I really appreciate it. No, I love it. I went to one recently at um, Every Woman Biennial. Yeah. Um, which was so great, and they did it so well in the yeah. in the space in yeah. the Copeland Gallery. Yeah. Um, and I was like looking around, and I was like, oh, I know the artist in this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I went around, and it was so, great. It was so good yeah. to see them. Like, up on the walls. Yeah. And, that's where they're meant to be, you know. Yeah. Bit, yeah, it's all meant to be seen. So professional as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's great. I mean, the curator's professional. I'm not professional enough. Mm. But yeah. Well, but... it's obvious you made an impression because I was talking to the people who were, you know, there on the day and there to answer any of your questions or anything. And I was like, oh, I actually know one of the artists, Emma Sheehy, and they're like, we love her. <laughs> She's so great. And so you obviously made a oh, beautiful so impression kind. on them as well. <laughs> really Keep being really drunk at the opening. <laughs> <laughs> they obviously enjoyed it, Emma. <laughs> I want to come to these opening Yeah, now. please, come. Fun. Yeah, just massive piss up. <laughs> Hey, you've got the painting on the wall, you yeah. have to enjoy it. Yeah, exactly, yeah, a few booths. <laughs> and then, so obviously there's a lot of highlights, but what do you think is kind of the worst thing or the hardest thing about being an artist? I guess you have to wear lots of hats, particularly mm. if you're... But, I mean, sometimes I have no social life, but that's my own choice, so I've made that choice. So, What, what do you mean, so having... Kind of um, like an income role and then having yeah. to do the art afterwards. Yeah, yeah. so sometimes, I, I don't really do that that much anymore, but sometimes I'd like, particularly when I had a studio in my house, I'd like mm. go to work, come back, make, make artwork, and then <laughs> on my days off do that, especially if I had an uh, exhibition to work towards. Mm. Yeah, anytime I've got an exhibition to work towards, I'd just, um, yeah, not have a knife. But it's a choice, and I, and I, I enjoy it. I'm really lucky. Mm. My parents live in London. Mm. So if anything goes really badly wrong, I've got that as a fallback, mm. which is just, it's like, it's just the luckiest thing. Takes the pressure off slightly. Yeah, hugely. Um, so I had to move home during the pandemic after I broke mm. up with my partner, mm. my ex-partner, because um, we were living together. Uh, it wasn't ideal moving home, but... Mm. My parents were really kind and they took me in. <laughs> uh, well, I did the same, but only because I wanted to be out in the countryside compared to great choice in London. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah year and a half on, I'm still here, yeah. <laughs> so hopefully, um, not for too much longer. Yeah, I'd, I'd be in the countryside if I had the opportunity. I mean, it is lovely. I do feel a bit bad for my retired parents, though. Yeah, <laughs> probably want to enjoy their retirement together, and then I'm like, hi, yeah. I'm here. We so. have space. Yeah, we're really lucky. Um, 
we've got a farm sort of yeah. just outside the house, so lots of fields and yeah, very, very lucky, especially, you know, with furlough and things, being able to just be outside and spend the time mm. and obviously we've got the new little puppy, uh, which makes yeah. me very happy and she's very entertaining. Lots of reasons to stay. Lots of reasons to stay, although, yeah, hopefully a couple more months and I'll be back. Back yeah. in London, hopefully nearer yeah, to you near guys. Yeah, near me. Yeah, that would be really good. Numhead now. Yeah, is that that's South East as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, yeah, I even when I moved out of home, I didn't really move <laughs> that far away. I love South East London, so I was living in Broccoli for a bit, and now Nunhead. Which is near Peckham, isn't it? Yeah, both yeah. near Peckham. Both near Peckham. Yeah. I mean, it's a fun place to be. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Love it. Yeah, mm. loads of great pubs. Oh, okay, I'm moving there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, come move in. So, in terms of the future, we know that you are hoping to do a Masters, but... Yeah. Do you know what you want beyond that or even alongside that? Um, so alongside that, I'll definitely still be working with Derek mm-hmm. um, and Comey and Dave from the Foundry. Oh. Um, and then I, I don't know, it's pretty open for me, I guess. I've got, I mean, I've got the dream of like mm. being able to live off my own artwork. but I mean, it's a great dream. Yeah, it's a lovely dream. I, I don't know if it's a reality, but it's a nice dream to have. Um, I hope it's a reality. Oh, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's pretty open. Uh, just being happy, I guess. That's the most important mm. thing. I think that's really great that you're not compromising on that. I think that for you, ultimately, you know that art makes you happy and you want to be happy and you want your art. Whereas I think for a lot of people, it is easy to maybe go move away from that a bit uh, or yeah. not easy but they have you know maybe a bit more easy for them to do it to say okay actually I want this other thing it might not be yeah. my number one but I also want this other thing so I'm going to go do that at the peril of that number one thing well I was going to compromise quite recently a few months or so ago mm. and I have such supportive parents both of them were just like no oh don't give up that's um, yeah, I know it's really unusual, especially with something that's so um, I don't know. It's not clear. It's sort of like it's so open, yeah. And there's no yeah, there's no direct path. Mm. So for them to have been really like, don't give up, keep going. We we see this for you was really, Aww. really kind actually. Really kind. Really kind. That's so great. I mean, I see it for you as well. I oh. really think you're going to be super successful. <laughs> and if you want to follow Emma Sheehy on Instagram, it's Emma <laughs> underscore Sheehy, S H E E H Y, underscore, because I just looked it up oh, to double check. <laughs> so make sure you go follow so you can see Emma's gorgeous art. And hopefully, we'll be at exhibitions very soon. But I think having parents who just back you 100% is. Yeah. I think it's amazing. I think that's so nice. And, and if not parents, you know, some kind of person that you're able to confide in, mm-hmm. anyone, friends. You yeah. Know, there are people out there that want to support you, so yeah. find them. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And yeah. I think they know it makes you happy and that's what they want for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what, yeah, that's what anyone, uh, yeah, I want that for you as well. I want you to be happy. Thank so, you. yeah, the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, I think it is amazing. So, we've discussed how it's you know quite a hard path and 
what advice would you give to someone else who maybe wants to, I don't know, become a jewelry maker, a puppet maker, a um, bronze foundry, work, a studio manager, um, or an, you know any kind of artist? Do you have any advice for what you think they should do? Uh, just go for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There are like firstly there are jobs out there. Mm. Lots of places are looking for makers. Oh, that's good to know. Um, yeah. And um, often you'll meet really great people along the way. Yeah, just do it, basically. Just go for it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jump in. And there are always part-time jobs available to help you sustain yourself if you need that. Mm. I think that's great. I think, so how would you advise, so that if there are opportunities, how do you find them? Oh, think? opportunities. In, like, looking for makers. And... Oh, arts jobs is a really good I've got nearly all my jobs on arts jobs. Okay. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it's a good job website. Okay. So you can try lots of different things. And as you say, you can maybe, if it doesn't sustain you, you can do something else alongside it to yeah. help sustain. And yeah. I think, as you say, just go for it. Yeah, the general theme of this podcast has been people saying, just do it. Just go for it. Just jump in. And I think, like Stuart said in my very first episode, regret the things you've done not the things you haven't done I think that's such a good line to live by and actually so many people have reiterated that as I've been talking and in different ways but generally the theme has been if you want to do something and there's not a massive reason you shouldn't you know you're not gonna hurt someone else you're not going to um you know ruin lots of things and there's more positives why not just have a go yeah see what happens if you're like if you're you know if you're young and you haven't got responsibilities to mm. children or a partner really sure. or whatever yeah then now is time to grab everything you can okay. <laughs> so this thing sometimes it like i mean we're 29 and i sometimes think i'm not that young i feel like i should be in certain places but actually when you think go back and think you're like i'm still in my 20s like this is really young i've still got loads of time to change and do things and I think that's important to remember. Yeah, and your career is for, you know, for a long time. So. I know. This retirement age keeps getting older. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's been gorgeous to speak to you for the second time. I'm very sorry having it's to record it again. Yeah. But um, I've loved this chat. And Thanks so much, Georgie. I've, I've the privilege to be on here. So oh, thank, thank you so you. much for wanting to do it and for talking about some quite personal things. I think oh, yeah, anytime. We're both hoping it will mean that if someone is having maybe a hard time to yeah. talk about it, to keep persevering, and mm. hopefully things will get better. Um, but thank you so much, Emma Sheehy, for being on Help I'm in My Twenties. And I can't wait for us to have so many more in-depth discussions as the years carry on <laughs> yeah well. thank, thank you, you. thank you so much to emma Sheehy. what a gorgeous gorgeous person and what a laugh i learned so much in this episode and emma is always the best and just so interesting to talk to especially as her work is miles away from what i do sitting in an office on my laptop. We covered so much around various careers that she's had in the art world, how she prefers to make her exhibitions more immersive and more accessible to art lovers, 
and about her future plans to become a very successful and highly sought after artist. And you can help with that by following her art on Instagram, on Emma underscore Sheehy underscore, and Sheehy is spelt S-H-E-E-H-Y. And if you ever have the opportunity to go to one of her exhibitions, I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun and you get to see what incredible artwork she produces. If you like this episode, please subscribe to hear more and like and comment, maybe even share it with your network, which would be super, super appreciated. If you'd like to get in touch or be a guest in my next series, please email help.20s.podcast at gmail.com. I'm Georgie and thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Help, I'm in my 20s. See you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>